So this is from James chapter 2, verses 14 and beyond. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? What kind of, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a sister or a brother who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Do you see? Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Mm-hmm. Now some may argue, Some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You you say you have faith, you believe that, that, that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Or in other words, fat lot of good it does them. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Or, as I'm going to be talking about today, faith that doesn't take root in your life and pour out of your life into good deeds, that's useless faith. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God. And God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without works. So have you ever heard somebody just say to you this, I believe in God. And then they go about their life and nothing has ever changed. Do you know that person? I'm so sorry. Um, Because we want to say this. I want to say that faith works, but faith that doesn't work is what a lot of people have in our world today. It's, It's not a faith that works because they think if they believe the right three things, they'll be saved. But let me tell you that faith, by itself, faith, that I just have faith, I have faith that this chair, this pew, will hold me when I sit down. That kind of faith doesn't save me. It does keep me from hitting the ground. But it doesn't save me. So I'm going to say something a little provocative here. Are you ready? Faith doesn't save us. Faith in God's method of salvation that he will take care of us. That's what we're talking about. So you're not having faith. You're not just putting faith out there and saying, I'm going to create a bridge on my own to God. What you're doing rather is saying, I trust God to provide what I need. 
And that's exactly what Abraham did. Abraham didn't know how God was going to do it. He just trusted him. Rahab, the story of Rahab is an interesting one. Rahab was in Jericho. And the spies had come into Jericho to see what was going on in Jericho. And they stayed with her and she hid them when they said, spy, the Israelites are here. They went in here. Are they in here? And she hid them. And they said to her, when we come and conquer, if you'll tie a, if you'll put red above your doorpost, we'll pass over this house and not destroy you. Let me ask you a question. Does that sound a little bit like the Exodus story to you? That if you put red on your doorpost, that the destroying angel will not come over and destroy you as they do in Egypt? That's exactly what's happening. Rahab was specifically told to do something that seems utterly nonsensical. Just put red above the door, and we'll pass through, and we'll do, everybody else will be wiped out but you. Now, let me ask you that question. If I just told you, you know, if you just put a red handkerchief over your window, that'll be it. That's all you need. And you can just do that. And then suddenly it becomes, becomes a thing, sort of like yellow ribbons around trees. But you put red handkerchiefs over your door and people are doing it and say, I put the red handkerchief up. I'm saved. Was Rahab saved because she put red over her door? Or because she trusted them enough that she then said, I'm going to put red over my door because they asked me to. Faith, or just a set of beliefs, what we call as empty or dry orthodoxy, means in a lot of people's minds this, I can think my way to God, and just thinking the right things, God will just take care of me. Oh, what a pleasant chap I am. (laughs) Maybe God will take notice of me. Now, when you hear that, let me read this again. Just the beginning of it. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say, I have faith, but it doesn't show in your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Well, what do you have faith in in your life? What do you take faith in? Do you know that God's going to save you? You say, well, he's going to do it this way, and because Jesus died on the cross, he's going to take away all my sins. Now listen, if you're thinking that through with a human mind and no spiritual activity in your mind, and just thinking it through, it doesn't make as much sense as you might think. Let's hear this from another angle, okay? Are you ready? 2,000 years ago, somebody I didn't know lived a life, and people around him said he was pretty fabulous, but he made the Romans mad and the, and the leadership of his community mad, and they killed him, and because of that, I can go to heaven. Is that the kind of faith you have? That, that I just believe it? Look, Abraham didn't have that. He just goes, I don't get it. I need help. God's going to take care of me. I trust God. From this angle, if you look at the events and you try to tie yourself in there intellectually only, 
intellectually only, right? You can't get there from here. But what we're doing is we have faith that God will connect those dots that don't make sense to us. And then you trust him. But you don't trust in dry ideas, do you? As we write things down on our paper, I say, oh, well, that's the way my life is, and I'll just trust that. No. You need faith, not in ideas about God, but faith in knowledge of who God is and how he's going to be in your life. And that kind of faith works in your life and then out of your life. I feel like I'm not making any sense at all. Am I hitting home? Okay, so let's do this. John 5.19. Remember, whenever we read James, we begin to think, as in James, so in G- as in Jesus, so in James. So John 5.19, I'm going to go to that. If it'll come up really fast. Okay, there it is. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. If you're born of God, if you have faith in God and he gives you this new birth, you become his child. And how do children learn how to do things? They watch their parent. And then they imitate their parents. And they become like their parents. And, and if God is your parent, then, then the things that God does in the world, you begin to start to do. Just as, though, I'm starting to see this in my kids. I see it in Marika a lot. She used to hate me for it. <laughs> she, she'd be having a bad day, and she'd come to me, and she'd talk to it about it, and, and I would start to think my way through it. And I said, so what you're saying is this is what's going on in their life and they're not treating you very well because this is going on over here and what we don't know. And she goes, dad, I don't really want to know what's going on in somebody else's life right now. I'm having a hard time. Now, when I talk to Marika, she starts to do that. She starts to see the other side of the, of the argument and go, oh, this is kind of what's going on. And this is why they do that. And I don't like it, but I understand this. And she's become like me. No, possibly to her detriment. <laughs> Say that again. He was always like you. <laughs> you didn't hear that. Did you hear that? She said she was always like you. <laughs> but this is the deal, that, that our kids become like us because they see how we are. If we become children of faith, then, then we become like the father who begets us. Or the parents who give birth to us. And who gives birth to us in faith? Jesus and his Father. Um, four, I want to go to um, 423. Okay, here it is. This is Jesus talking again. The hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
for this father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus turns to her and says, I am the one you're talking about. We don't have faith in ideas. We have faith in a person. In the same way that the baptism so cool in the numbers are actual people. Right? We don't baptize numbers. I didn't take a number out there and say, um, number one, we'll just do number one now. And, and then I put the number in the water and, and, then, and then the person up on the, on the edge said, oh, thank you, I'm all done now. No, we have faith in a person who says, I'm doing what I see my father doing and I'm going to live that way and that's what saves us. Faith in Christ. Not just faith. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith in lots of things. Chairs hold me up. Glasses hold water. Those things don't save us. They they make our life easier, but faith itself is not what saves us. Faith in God saves us. But there's a problem with this faith that a lot of people have in our world. Are you ready for this? They think that they can just say it and not ever live it out. Well, let me ask you this question. Is that faith? Are you living what you believe if you say, I believe in that, but then you don't do anything out of it? What good is faith like that? Let me just quote him for, from James. What good can that do? Did you buy the ticket for the bus? Yes. Did you get on the bus? No. Well, congratulations. You've thrown your money away. But if you buy the ticket, if you buy in and you trust this Jesus, then that Jesus, that faith begins to work inside you. And whatever goes inside of you and you spend a lot of time thinking about pretty soon, you may have noticed this, it begins to come out of you. If you spend a lot of time thinking about something, pretty soon you're going to start talking about it. If you spend a lot of time trusting Jesus, pretty soon that trust is going to work its way out into your actions. The verse I like here on this is James 5.25. There's a time coming, and he takes this idea of this time coming when God will want worshipers of faith and truth, but the next line instead of, and is now here God seeking them, he says this in John 5.25. When they will hear the voice of the Lord and they will live and the dead will rise. Do the dead rise on their own? They just show up? I mean, are we in the zombie apocalypse? See, I don't think we are. I'm not sure there is a zombie apocalypse coming, but I know one thing, that I once wasn't alive in Christ, and now I am, and I heard his word in my life. And sooner or later, that just has to take root. Now, initially, it didn't take root in me 
where I just started going out and doing things. You know what? It was almost imperceptible at the beginning, and I don't know that most people even saw it, but one thing began to happen in me. I became hungry for his word, and I started reading it, and I read it a lot, a lot, and over and over. And pretty soon, it started to come out of me. And pretty soon, I went from an artist to a believer. I think that's the accurate way to say that. That's what I was before then. I only talked about art, and I thought about art, and that's what I did. And I love art. It's cool. But it doesn't save me that I was given new life, that I heard the voice of the Lord in me, and, and I came to life. Has that happened in your life? Do you want that? Do you know what we call that? And if, if I were to use Christian ease for a second, we call that resurrection power. Don't we? When our life changes and we just can't help it, but we just start praising God in spirit and in truth, that is the resurrected power of the Lord in us, that we are resurrected. We go, I'm alive. I was dead. I see that. Do you want the resurrection power? Then you meet the Lord and Savior and you trust that way. Otherwise, ideas about God are this. Are you ready? Tombs full of dead men's bones. Or, as Second Timothy 3 would say, having the form of godliness but denying the power. You say you have faith, but you don't have works. The reason you don't have works is because your faith doesn't work. It doesn't function in your life. Now, how does it function in our lives? It does all sorts of things in our lives, doesn't it? It causes some people to do one thing and others to do another because they see something and it has to be done. And so is there a right way to do those works? Yes, to love others. That's the right way. Does it mean that one specific gift that this church does or that church does is the only way? No. But the faith that works in us takes root in our lives and then starts to come out of us. And we are like Jesus and we say, I only do what I see my father doing. Or, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, right? You became imitators of me as and Jesus And then the word resounds. It just went out from you. That's resurrection power. I'm out of time. And so I'm going to quit. May the faith of the Lord Jesus be alive in you. Not just in the idea of Jesus, but the actual person of Jesus alive in you. And may you do the things he does. Amen.